Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Cinco Squad, another fantastic Martin Thursday Bernie. of sports talk. I'm Mike DeSano here with hosting duties today, along with which way is it? I don't even know. <laughs> Pat and John, they're together in Syracuse. Grandpa Jay, Grandpa Jay's still down in Florida. How you doing, boys? No, great. Somebody's somebody's pissed that you missed out on her. <laughs> He's gonna hop his pillow. He's fine. <laughs> you guys doing good tonight? Yes, sir. How you doing? Yeah, doing great. Watching a little hockey. Watching a little football. Well, doing, doing good. Pat and, Pat, and, Pat and John back together, flying under the Eagles flag. Why well, baby? Sorry. Yes, I, I myself, I'm doing all right, enjoying the, whatever brief amount of warm weather we're get, we have left here in New York. It's supposed to get down into like the 50s by Saturday, so that's fun. Yeah, I know. Just in time for John to go, John to go home to sunny Florida. Yes, Would you rather not have to see Jonathan Taylor shit the bed again here for another fantasy game, taking him number one in your draft and probably being one of the worst number ones so far in fantasy history? What's that? I said, are you happy to not watch Jonathan Taylor give you another disappointing performance as a number one? That's what I mean. Are you happy that you don't have to start him and see him go off? I do. Here's my thing, Jay. Is I'm okay with that because – well, now I'm not because I, I picked up Hines like yeah. Same. in my in my big money league, and uh, it's not looking good right now because Hines just went out with a like like stumbling off the field. So yeah, I started him. I started him too in, in my other league. So he's, he's I think in our league I started him. So, so it looks like I might have zero. I mean, I took Taylor. Um, you know, thinking that <laughs> the Wentz factor helped. You know. It, it didn't matter who was playing quarterback that ultimately, um, you know, the, the offensive line was going to be better and the offensive line stinks. Well, Matt Ryan, nine either. turnovers in, in three games ain't cutting it. So four games, that's not cutting it. Yeah. Well, as we kick off the show, I think we should kick it off the way we always do. I want to know. Let's see. We'll start with Jamie. Jamie. So I got what a you really pleasant up? surprise by one of my swimmers that used to Come here. His mom came to watch his former high school swim, and, and they brought a present up in the whole nines. Unfortunately, Ooh, they're warm, man. but a great present indeed. I want to thank my boy Matthew for that. So I had to dig in the work fridge, and I found this Guarana Antarctica, right, which is a soda from Brazil. But check this out. In the midst of the Amazon rainforest grows an exotic berry called a Guarana that bears the soul and spirit of our land and people. Take your first sip. And you'll discover my flavor unlike anything else and as unique as we are. Guarana. Let's see if it lives up. This has been your nature fun fact with Jamie. It's actually pretty good. Did you steal that from someone? You said you went to the work fridge? Yeah, Yeah, because that's been sitting there all summer. Apparently, like a parent gave it to one of the instructors and she hated it the first time she gave it to her. So I've been watching this thing for months, and I'm like, I'm going to sip on this tonight. Isn't it good? <laughs> it's pretty good. What are you two Eagle fans sipping on up there? The bad blue. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Mike, change them to Burton Ernie for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got my jug. Little jug, little jug, little jug. Hey there, Pat. You're, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Quick, John, sing the rubber ducky song. <laughs> we knew it. 
we're saying through dinner. We're in, we couldn't even make it through dinner. We went to Tully's and had dinner, and like we we're like, ah, this is gonna be bad. We can't eat dinner right now. We're gonna do it from Tully's. John, John doing John doing the Tully's tour because we went to Tully's when he was with and he was here in Rochester with me. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm also doing the goddamn I gained weight tour. <laughs> What are you talking about, John? All we went to New York City for was to find all the different Planet Fitnesses and work out in them. Yeah, yeah right. so I heard. Our hotel. He's like, the one thing he's like, did you see that when we were, when we were driving by? I was like, I saw a lot of things, Mike. What do we what do we see? <laughs> we're in he's New York. Like, so specifically what we're looking at here. The crackhead, the garbage, the two restaurants. <laughs> I was well, like, I just, he's like, there's a Planet Fitness across the street from, from our hotel. I'm like, well, I'm not going to use it. Mike. Yeah, just in case. What flavor of the week are we sipping on? Yeah, what do you got? So so this week I have something that, being that John was with me last week, and uh, he has seen this, but I do not believe I've had this on the show yet. It is a Simply Spiked Lemonade Watermelon, which I have had before, so this is not a first time. We had a Simply Spiked last week. What's that, lemonade? Watermelon. 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 What was last week, lemonade? Yeah, last week I believe was a blueberry. Okay. Next week, stay tuned for strawberry. Strawberry. Mike's going to go do all the fruit. Orange. I, I did consider having a uh, a hard orange soda, which I also have in the fridge. But Speaking of all the fruit, are your Syracuse orange men still unbeaten right now at this point in the college season? 5-0, baby. We're along with those, we just along with those feisty Kansas Jayhawks still <laughs> holding down that unbeaten record. About two of the most unlikely teams right now sitting at 5-0. Right, basketball schools. <laughs> yeah, two basketball schools. Love Kentucky it. had to go and spoil it by shitting the bed in Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. thanks, SEC. <laughs> thanks, SEC. Thanks, SEC. <laughs> well, before we move on to our topics for the evening, it's time for the weekly edition of the Cinco Squad Fantasy Football oh, Update. Oh, yeah. Wait, we're watching football on that phone. Oh, <laughs> I got you. Hold on, I, I didn't know we were doing I this. I won. <laughs> All right, so. I, too, won. I lost again. Go figure. Give me a second, I'll pull it. I won by scoring. I had the right matchup to win this week. I don't think I would have beaten anybody so, else. Trey dominated. He beat me at 170-141. Uh, Pat beat Fonz. Fonz. 135-131. Uh, Fonz put up a fight, man. Yeah, he did. It wasn't going away. Jamie BOP 12181. Damn. <laughs> My dad beat Rick 149 to 127. Um, and then Vickity Splits, Tyler Malfoy suffered his first loss, our only undefeated left, by Daniel Jones himself, Mike DeSanto. <laughs> Jones. We only needed 80 yards. <laughs> So, what you need is a quarterback this week. You have Saquon playing out the Wildcat all day in London or what? No, no. That's the pawn. After he was ruled, we, we were talking about it earlier this week. After he was ruled ineligible at Penn State, we've signed Chad Powers. <laughs> <laughs> who bears a striking resemblance. Eli Manning. To one Eli Manning. It's weird. We let him wear. We won greatest Giants quarterback to ever don the the jersey. You like that? Yeah, probably. Tim or Sims? Tim or Sims? Come on, it's Eli. Yeah, come on. No, it's uh, Kelly Hotstadler. Jim Hotstadler or Kelly. Brian Nassib, we all know it. 
George, George. Michael Mike is boy, Michael boy. Mike's in the house. <laughs> yeah. Talking about my extremely manly drink, Go Bonnies. Yeah, nothing like that guarana. You know it. No, of course, of course. So I, let's start off the evening, gentlemen, with uh, talking about the upcoming MLB playoffs. Yes, now, we've kind of already made our predictions, although by the end of this, pad, I'd like to get your predictions for the World Series. Okay. But the, the topic this week is who has the toughest road in the MLB playoffs? Because for those of you that may not know, the MLB playoff format has slightly changed this year with a three-game wildcard series, which begins tomorrow. Without a reseed at time of recording, and instead of right, it's right instead of reseeding, you play the winner of a matchup. For example, the Yankees will play the winner of Cleveland and Tampa. Will play the race. So I was thinking about this, we'll and it's it's hands down the New York Mets. New York Mets have, if, they, if they move on, they have the hardest road to um, the World Series because they not only have to go through the Padres who are playing good baseball, they got to go through the Dodgers. Then they got to go through their arch nemesis, the Atlanta Braves. That is a very tough road. <laughs> and then, and then if they get to the World Series, they got to play the Yankees. <laughs> it's not a real hat. No, it's not. Um, so I think I, I wholeheartedly think the Mets have a, have a tough road, but they also ultimately did it to themselves, uh, giving up that uh, they there was some stat that said they led for 175 days. 79. 179? Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the Braves only only uh, led for eight, which is like nuts. Like, it's like, how do you how do you just blow that again? Wait, what's going on at Home Depot? This segment brought to you by Home Depot. <laughs> this segment brought to you by Home Depot. <laughs> no, I just thought I, I just thought for, for anybody watching or listening that you know may not know the playoff bracket. Yeah, we have t- the winner of Tampa and Cleveland play the Yankees, the winner of Seattle and Toronto play Houston. Winner of the Phillies and the Cardinals play the Braves, and the winner of the Padres and the Mets play the Dodgers. Yeah. So uh, we heard from John. John says it's the Mets. Pat, what do you think? All right, I'm kind of split, and it's coming out of that wild card series, the Mariners and Blue Jays. Whoever comes out of that, because you got to go cross countries, plural countries, and then go up against Houston, which Mariners played Houston pretty good all year. But still, you're coming out of the travel of a three-game series. Hopefully, it doesn't go three for either of those teams. But if they go to Houston right after that, that's a dog fight. And then you got the winner of the Yankees. Tampa's not an easy out. Cleveland won't make it past Tampa. But, yeah, I mean, it's got to be one of those two teams that have to travel that far of a distance. With the COVID protocols, that still might be in Toronto. We don't know. Does anyone know? It's yes. supposed yeah. to be in Toronto. Yeah, you can't play if you don't have the shot. I, I that's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. Either Mariners or Blue Jays. Jay, what's your thought? Yeah, what about you, Jay? Um, so I actually think that it's it's the Dodgers, and the reason I say that is is when a team is is winning so consistently, and then they kind of just have to take like four or five days off. I don't know if that momentum, like losing that momentum, hurts them. But to me, they have to go through the best one-two punch in the playoffs because I think the Mets will beat the Padres. So if they get by the Mets, meaning they may have to face the Grom and Scherzer four times, then they probably have to play the defending World Series champs as the best team in the regular season. So not only do I think they have the pressure of, obviously, you won 111 games, 
you're expected to get to the World Series. They have to go through the best one, two, and possibly if they get by that, the Atlanta Braves, who have been playing the best baseball in all of baseball since the All-Star break. And then after that, they play an impossible series against the Yankees or the Astros because I think both those teams get through with their games, with their series. So I think the Dodgers just have it really tough. The NL is is pretty deep. Um, The Braves are deep. the, The Mets are deep. And and I think the Dodgers are in for a dogfight to make it out of that. <laughs> Speaking of a dogfight, <laughs> how did you call this? Right on cue. <laughs> I, I know you're going to say the Yankees. No, I don't think the Yankees have the toughest mm-hmm. road because I think they can beat Tampa or Cleveland. And that's not me as a Yankees fan saying that. I think they just match up well now, and they're on, and they've been playing some of their best baseball okay. recently. I'm going to have to agree with John in that it's the Mets because the I've been saying it for a few weeks now since Atlanta really started coming back in that division that the worst thing that could happen to the New York Mets was having to play in the wild card round. Yeah. Because now you almost assuredly are using the first start for DeGrom and Scherzer to get to the DS. And that's if you can get good starts out of both of them. Yeah. Now, you will hope that your two best pitchers, two of the best pitchers in baseball, aren't going to be necessarily hindered by an extra start in the playoffs. But it's baseball, and you never really know. And being not being able to rest either of them coming out of a regular season where they were in a dogfight to even to try to hold on to the division, which they ultimately didn't do. Yeah. So they're going to have to do that. Hopefully, they're going <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully... <laughs> For the Mets' sake, they can win in two games, rest either DeGrom or Scherzer to be able to pitch in game one of the DS. Otherwise, they may have to sacrifice game one of the DS with Taiwan Walker or Chris Bassett, who aren't bad pitchers, but they'll be facing uh, the Dodgers number one. Right. But don't you think it's better if they pitch 2-3 and then, if necessary, put one out in five if they're down 3-1? But if they if they tie the series 2-2, they definitely have to all rested for 6-7? For my from my perspective i would always want to be going ace ace against ace i'd always want to be going ace against ace and i want to win the first two games because that's momentum in the series i i would imagine it statistically holds up that it's easier to win the series if you win the first two than if you're down 2-0 going into game three right now you may still tie it 2-2 but now you're going back to a park that you haven't won in in the series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it's just the Mets, because even if they somehow get past the Dodgers who have a better lineup than them and bullpen wise match up with them, I'd still think the Mets have the better rotation, obviously, but well, bullpen wise. And they just got swept well, by Atlanta. That's the point, right. That's they have to, right. They have to then go play Atlanta. Yeah. Mike, I argued you with you this with you on this <laughs> before. Um that I disagree because now we have another dog. <laughs> dog show. The dogs appear to agree with me, John. <laughs> oh my god! It never gets on the couch. It's weird. Um, I argue you with this because ultimately, if they pitch the ground and they take care of business in two games against the Padres, they're playing at home. Then they fly out to LA and they don't play until so seven. They play tomorrow and then Saturday, mm-hmm. and then game one is Tuesday, right? Right. Right. So that gives them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You pitch your third starter on, on game one against the Dodgers. Correct. And then you're back to your normal rotation. It's like even you said that 
typically what pitch, what teams are going to do is play three starters. So right. ultimately, they're if they take care of business, they're going to be on their rotation, and they're going to have a healthy uh, arm that's been throwing um, instead of waiting. I've always been nervous about the Yankees playing and waiting because people get cold. You know, it's you know I, I don't like that. That, I, that little, I would agree, except for your, your yeah. what hurt what hurts them most though is that in the DS, as my uncle has pointed out, it's only five games. Correct, but you're still going to get your starters though. You're still going to get your rotational though. Even if you go three games, you're still going to get that third that third day rest. That's what I'm trying to say. Is like if he right. if the ground pitches game one and they get through everything, he's going to be ready for game one of the DS. If it's only a three, if you're only telling me you're not going to throw Degrom on three days rest, but no, but you have but that's what you're but that's what you that's what you were saying before is that ultimately I was saying they go with starters. So if they're only pitching three starters, then he has to pitch on three days rest. No, ultimately, if you go with th- if you go with three starters, your goal is to not have them throw on three days rest until unless you're in an elimination well, game. Uh, I mean, I, my thing is he'll be rested enough to go game one or two. If not, you pitch your third starter on game one of the DS. And even if it's a five-game series, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking you, at a – It's a oh, five. They could also play a bullpen game in the wild card Correct. set somewhere in there. Correct. That's what teams have been usually doing in the playoffs. That, so that is true. I'm just I'm just saying you, you – What the Tampa Rays do? Play that you, bullpen you starting rotation? Money You've ball, potentially dude. lost game one if you can't match up with an ace. And so you're already down 1-0. You win game two, but it's a five-game series. So fine, you win two and three. Now you don't have either of them for four and five. Not necessarily. They'll pitch them regardless, in my opinion. Justin not with, not on light. two days rest. Justin said some like on how ridiculous the Dodgers were this year, though. You're going to pitch who you're going to pitch. But here's the thing, right? They're not going to throw them on World Series. In our World Series year, CC had to pitch on two days rest. No, but didn't. here's the thing, right? I, I, I no, just say the Dodgers, my thing is expectations, right? Like the Dodgers have knocked everybody around. The right. second closest run differential to the Dodgers is the Yankees at 240 this year. The Dodgers were at 335. Yeah. All right. Well, so they got to me, it's, like, it's almost like it doesn't matter who pitches, but if all of a sudden the bats are cold in game one and then the Mets pick up momentum and steal one and then they go back to New York. And then you have that raucous crowd out there, and the Dodgers same thing, same flying all the way across, all the way across to New York. The weather sucks. It ain't beautiful, LA. It's not 68, 72 degrees. It's a muggy 38. I really think the Dodgers might have the roughest path just because they're used to playing in the sunshine, probably more than anybody else, right? So, yeah, I, I guess I could see that. But, but could you see the Mets having a rough patch there because you just blew the division, and now you got to go up against the Padres, who's not an easy out. They're it's not. They're playing good baseball. They're back in the playoffs in how long? And I just think the Padres aren't healthy enough to beat the Mets. If they had their full lineup for sure, I don't think they're healthy enough to win that division. Are you just saying without Tatis? Yeah, well. No, but if they can yeah, take it for a minute, though. They make, all year. they make problems for the Mets, even if the, even if they've just forced it to game three. They make problems saying, for the Mets. That's an extra game everybody has to play. problems for the Mets. Yeah, yeah exactly. That division. When's the what's the last time uh, the Mets uh, had that like ten game uh, lead in the? Oh uh, six. Oh six, and they blew they, the, they blew the division lead to the. They needed to win Bayless, all ten of those games, or at least like five of those, or something like that, and they blew every yeah. single one of them and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So ultimately, I agree with Pat that the Mets are the Mets are the only the only person in the way of the Mets are the Mets. 
Yeah. They're hurting themselves. They the Regardless of rotation, the rotation <laughs> will figure it out. If yeah. it's game five, if game five in LA and you're and DeGrom is your best starter and he's only been on two days rest, I'm throwing him. I don't care. It's either survive or advance at that point. Right. right, but you but the thing is is like, advance. I don't care. I'm trying to win a World Series. That's my I opinion. know, but the but you're not the the thing is is like the manager had like Showalter has to think about <laughs> I need him for game one of the CS. But you gotta get Atlanta. there first, Mike. I well, understand that. I, I, I see Mike saying, though, that is Buck Show Walter. Too. All right, so hold on. Let's wrap this up. My, you and John, Mike, you and John say the Mets. I mm-hmm. say the Dodgers. In fact, is it Mariners or Blue Jays? Which one? Either one. Whoever wins that one. series. One out there. Which one? They got the – Who do you have winning that series? Uh, Blue Jays. I'll go Blue Jays. Right, so then the Blue Jays. All right. So I agree with my uncle. I think, like, the Mets would need – the best thing for on short rest for Degrom is get him out early, get an early lead, get him out early, turn to your bullpen. Yeah, and he agrees with you and I, John. It's the Mets. Now, before we move on, Pat, we've all given our World Series predictions. Give me your AL, give me your NL, give me your winner. Uh, Yankees, Dodgers, Yankees. Bang. Like it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Like it, love it, push it. And so wait, are you guys sticking with yours, John? You are Yankees. You were, that would also yeah. be the biggest thing for MLB. I believe you – he was – John, I think you were Yankees, Yankees Braves, Mets. Right? No, he went Subway Series. He went oh, right. he did Yankees go Subway Mets. Series. You went, you went St. Louis Yankees, right? Yes. So now I regret that pick because of what – at the time, the Mets were playing good baseball. They just beat the Dodgers in the right. four-game yeah. series, and they are playing good. So At the, the time, they had like a five-game lead in the like, division. Now I don't know if they're going to get out of their own way. Yeah. Yeah, I said it was going to be a rematch, and then Houston would win. So I said, I said rematch, and Houston we'll see. I mean, this, this could, I mean, hopefully it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting tomorrow. We'll know. We'll know. I'm interested. We'll, we'll 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 we got to choose baseball or football over the weekend. Baseball. Football. Hi. John's like, what do you mean choose? I got like nine TVs. <laughs> I need a wall of TVs. Come on. He needs well, some, hey, someday we'll all setup, Did John send you that uh the video of that setup? Of the guy that's with the pack because we and I were just talking about his new place and we were like, hey, you need to get I was like, you need to get this for the red LED screen. That's badass. You need projectors coming down from each wall in the front. Like, all right, how does it look like David? Hey, your uncle agreed. You went Yankees, Cards, he went Yankees, Cardinals, Yankees, and six. I mean, that Cardinals lineup is pretty dangerous right now. They're playing with a special kind of magic, yeah. It's the 703. But, boys, I let's now take it from all the way from the playoffs all the way to the preseason. Playoffs, playoffs. The question question we're asking ourselves today is. On right now, are the NBA and NHL preseasons as pointless as the NFL? So, I had a good point about the. I don't know who you, who wants to go first. If you got a good point, go ahead. So, here's my thing, right? So, the NFL, I think, is kind of kind of dumb. I agree that there, you know, there should be some sort of like those inner squat. And, and Mr. Cinco himself and I were talking about this too. Is that there should be some the, those inner squad games? Um, if you're going to have those, don't have the preseason games, right? So that's what I think, you know, that they should do is just do those inter-squad games. They're ultimately competitive. You're just not hitting the quarterback. And granted, let's be honest, in the league now, you can't even touch the quarterback without getting 15 yards. Yeah. So for the NBA, I think it's good for, you know, especially nowadays just because there's a lot of movement in the NBA with players. So 
you need to have that chemistry. And it's only five guys on the court at one time. Hockey helps the young guys get some NHL experience and see who you got in spurts because out of all three of these sports is the only team that has a farm system that you could send guys to, who's gonna who's gonna be guys I can call up, who works good with who. It allows you to see it. I do agree. I, I was watching the games last night and they were saying that I forget the one guy on TNT. Mike, you know who he is. Um, um, he's the partier. Hmm? He's the partier of the group. Like he parties a lot. Oh. Um, oh, um, is it Paul Bissonette? Oh, yeah, Biz, Biz, Biz. Yeah, Biz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biz. And he said, he said, get rid of the preseason games. And he said, and he was joking at first, but then he was like, no, but get rid of the amount. There's like, they play like 15 games. Yeah. Preseason. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with five to see what the young guys got with the, with the older guys. But you know, 15 is a lot. Mm -hmm. They play 15, like something Mm -hmm. around that. It's between 10 and 15 or something like that. I think. Yeah. It used to be shorter. They've, I think they've expanded the preseason. But you have a way to see who goes to the AHL, who goes to the ECHL. With the NBA in, in hockey, there's there's only five people on the ice at one time. So you got to see what gels versus the, you know, where NFL, like you got to gel with your receivers, but you not necessarily need to gel with your linemen, right? What? Like you don't need like to know where your linemen are going to be. Like you know they're going to block. You do know. <laughs> well, you have to trust that your linemen are going to be there. Trust that they're going to do what they have to do. In the sense of like you don't need to like – Find your, your alignment down the middle throwing a pass. No, like, but you got to know where to shell protection. Right, everything. of course, of course. It, but I'm saying it's not as – like there's there's 11 guys on the field. It's not times. as per – correct. Um, so that was my thing about it is that like the NHL plays a little bit different because you have a farm system. You got to see who you can bring up during the season in case someone gets hurt, who gelled with who, lines moving around, those type of things. But ultimately, it's an 82-game season for both. You can figure it out, you know, eventually. It's not like – NFL where you have 16 games. Right. That's why I think it's pertinent for a couple like inter-squad scrimmages like between teams to help. I can't believe it's 15 games. <clears throat> I think it's like 10 or 15 or something like that. It's something like that. It used to be like between more than five 10. and seven. I think it's 12. I know it's yeah. more than 10. Yeah, it's, it, they were playing a lot. Still a lot. They added, I was say, they added a few games. Jay, what do you think? So – I mean, look, they've even taken out the Pro Bowl in the NFL. Now there's only the skills competition left, right? So, and preseason is a little, uh, preseason has that little more like who's the better receiver, fourth or fifth, who's competing for the third running back. So it gives you the depth. I think it helps you solidify, solidify your depth chart from the standpoint of not your backup, but in case, in this case, in the Giants, like if two quarterbacks go down, who's your third? So it gives you the emergency plan. In the other sports, it's really good for the guys who are hurt who can come back and get their legs so they can feel more fresh for the, the actual games that count, like Zion, like Kawhi, you know, guys that haven't played in, in almost a full year. I mean, more than a year when you think about yeah. when they went out. So for those particular superstars, because to me, it's really nice to see the superstars at their peak level early in the season, you know, like by, you know, by game six or game seven. At that point, superstars are clicking, and then there's a, you know basketballs at a high level. I think everybody kind of figures that the back, you know, NBA doesn't really count until Christmas Day, and after Christmas Day, that's when we know who for sure is a contender or a pretender. Yeah. So that's why I just feel like it's more for whoever's injured. NHL, I could definitely see why that makes sense. Uh, I think that's the one sport that proves who was who was working out in the off season, who kept you know who kept in shape. You can't hide that. 
Um, and same thing, right? I think it's also to solidify, like, who's the right guy for your third line. I think you know going into the season who your first line is going to be, barring no injury. So it, it really gives coaches a good sense of not having to panic when the season starts. I think you have a great idea of who's going to fit here, and this is who we're going to go with. But, like, John made a great point. Right now, like, Dame Lillard has to find chemistry on a team where he might not be the number one all the time. Like, in Portland, he was putting up the ball 70% of the time. Right now, he's going to have to learn to move that ball because he has so many more options. He's going to have to be a true point guard. Maybe the preseason gives him an opportunity to do something like that. So I see it as much more revealing of a of a good system that for the NHL and NBA. Okay for the NFL, but we know that the quality of the games suck compared to the NBA and NHL in preseason. Here's the thing. I, and sorry, Pat and Mike, but here's the thing I, I, heard, I, <laughs> I heard is um, – Make the preseason in NFL two quarters. Don't make it a full game. Make it two quarters. Because ultimately, the starters are only playing a couple quarters. Or shorten the time of the quarter. Shorten the time of the quarter. Exactly. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard eight. I've heard five minutes. I think ten minutes, minutes would be good. Ten minutes would be good. It'll be like quick. Ten minute running clock, or mm-hmm. running clock nonstop, yeah. no matter what whistle or anything. Yeah, except um, last, except if you want teams to get into that two minute drill, maybe in the fourth quarter yeah. or the end of the half. Yeah. Like, in the half, right? Minutes. Fourth quarter, two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three, three minutes in, it stops. But that plays like an hour and a half game. It, yeah. it allows for less less cause of injury because mm-hmm. the clock's continually move. So I've heard a lot of different uh, variables. Um, but I hate either do the inner inner squad scrims before the game like that they do, or just do the game. Don't do right. both. Like I hate that. That's stupid. Because yeah. then like, what's the point of playing? You guys already beat up at each other two days yeah. ago. Like, right. so Mikey, what do you think? Yeah, I I, I think I I agree. I'm gonna Pat, I'm gonna get. I'm, hold on. Um, I, I, I dude, I'm in no rush. Get out of here. Yeah. Um. I agree with I, I agree with you guys. Uh, the NFL preseason always kind of be eh, been eh to me. Like it's like it's interesting to see for me like to watch the Giants preseason games a little bit just to be like, oh okay, I remember this guy we drafted. How does this guy we drafted look like? Or oh, I remember him from college. We signed him. That's cool. But like, I don't need to watch a whole game. NBA, it makes a lot of sense for guys that have been hurt, especially significant injuries like Zion and like Embiid from a few years ago when he coming back from his foot. Um, and and for the benches, I get the the need to kind of learn who fits into your system best to have like a full bench, unless you're a team that doesn't play your full bench. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the NHL is the more necessary preseason because, like John said, it's a lot about figuring out your lines, figuring out who works. Who's been like Jamie said? Who's been working out in the off season? Who's gotten a lot better? And it goes back a little bit to what John and I were talking about last night, which was he texted me. He was like, "Hey, is this Bruins Rangers game like a regular season game?" And I said, "No, it's still preseason." He said, "Oh, well, all the all the starters are playing." And I was like, "Yeah, at this point in the preseason, he Gerard Gallant, the Rangers coach, is just trying to figure out his lines." Yeah, and they were playing. I mean, the, the reason why is the atmosphere in the stadium too. They were cheering. It was like five yeah. four with thirty seconds left to go in the game, yeah. and like they were cheering. They're like, "Let's go, Rangers!" I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it sounds well, like a really does. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this we're is- a very proud fan base. But that's the thing um, that, that brings up. I mean, you have the Yankees, so you can't say that hockey is it in New York, but they do love their Rangers. You look at Boston right now. I mean, there's there's a lot of success in the NBA too, and. 
So it's 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 hard to think like where's the fan base really leaning or who are they leaning into the most right now? Like, do the Bruins have a better chance of winning this year? The Celtics, probably the Celtics. Do the Rangers have a better chance of winning right now? Or is it the Yankees? Probably the Yankees. So like it's all my two towns, I think, that are spoiled, where they have other towns where like this is what we have. Like th- this is our best chance. Hockey is our best chance. You know, our teams aren't gonna do much, you know, if anything. So they wouldn't but look, New York fans get up to anything, right? So Pat, what you got? Yeah, but what do you got, Pat? So here's the thing is the NFL, everyone's heard quarterbacks don't play well until they get hit. They get hit, they start playing well, you got to take the first sack. Get on the ground, get back up, you're in a Florida game. Trevor Lawrence. That's the preseason for the NFL. You got to get initially hit. Same with NHL. You got to get checked. You got to get up the ice. got to get back down the ice. Those two I can see the preseasons for. NBA, these guys play basketball 24 fucking 7. They breathe basketball they all do. his life. It's not as necessary to play preseason basketball, especially when the Suns are playing, what, a New Zealand team, Australian team, and they lose to them. Yeah. That can't be good for team that's morale. A, what that's, are you guys doing? That's a strategy that they've been doing over the past few years. That I was, I was listening to NBA TV today, and they were saying that a lot of teams now are playing teams they think they're going to – of players they're going to think to draft in the yeah. draft. And I actually thought that was smart because how do they match up against it's, my team? But I guess It's not it's, smart I, having Chris Paul get six points in a game and I, I you guys lose. I agree. <laughs> but I think it's more or less to see the guy that you're thinking of drafting without having to send a guy overseas or anything like that. It's like, yeah, let's, let's take the What's team. worse, sending a scout overseas or getting your team get whooped by a no-name? Yeah, they were called the 36ers. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I agree with you. That, that make them less than half of the 76ers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes them well. Less. Well, we've reached the math, the math <laughs> section of the show. I believe so. Man, yeah, I believe the math checks party. out. <laughs> but hey, let me tell you what doesn't check out in the preseason right now. You guys had Draymond taking a swing at Jordan Poole in, in practice. Yet. That happened yesterday. You hear about that? Yeah, but. Pull the Michael Jordan. <laughs> Let's be honest. Hurt. Let's be honest. Why is this any news? Like, I, I I get it's news because it's in our team and everything. But Draymond's had problems with teammates his entire career. It's news because they're the defending champs, and I feel yeah, like we're like, everybody's sweetheart team right now, and they want to feel like they're 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 synergized and they're this great team and there's no problems. But it's the other way. When the Bulls were going through their second three-peat, that's when that shit went down with Jordan and Kerr. And I feel when teams have that moment, it means that there's a lot of tension in the practice environment because everybody's competing for minutes. I think that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing. I just want to know. I think it was a good thing, too. Wait, wait, I want to know if Draymond Green just stared at Steve or uh, Kerr. <laughs> so Steve Kerr and said, you remember. You remember. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Flashback. I wonder if Steve went up in his face because he probably, you know, he had like, PTSD, and he was like, what the hell do you think? <laughs> yeah, he put his hands up. <laughs> well, well, Mr. Cinco himself and I were having that conversation. He goes, honestly, Draymond's on the perfect team because Steve Kerr knows how to handle that mm-hmm. type of confrontation because mm-hmm. he had to deal with Michael. Mike, yeah. I mean, we saw it on the last dance, right? But he had, like Michael even said, he used to tear into Steve all the time. Like, mm-hmm. so he knows how to handle those type of players. And I think it's the perfect situation because – Oh, they're not. They're not going to suspend them. I just got that update here today. No, um, which I think is dumb. Like, yeah, they, suspend they, them for the rest of the preseason because it's unnecessary. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> to your point though about them playing twenty four seven, they do play twenty four seven. But I think it's different when you're playing with your own team though, and you're getting that chemistry. Because I was like I was saying before, uh, when you were outside, uh, 
is that players are moving so much. Right, but I mean that that comes with the game flow. These guys have been playing. I get they're you. Vets. Vets. Like they don't need the the talent. They don't need the time to like learn how to shoot again. They they need. Right. A t- I just think they need that chemistry. Maybe like three, four games. They don't need like maybe set ten. offenses. But how many times you. does a set offense happen in the NBA? It's nothing new that these right. guys have not seen. Yeah. It's it's not reinventing the wheel here, guys. Yeah, triangle offense. Well, look, I tell you one thing: the Pelicans look fast. They're young. They're athletic. They're long. They look like last year's Memphis right now, where they could be like that Cinderella darling that that flirts with a top three in the West, and they could cause some problems this year if Zion stays on the court. Pelicans, yeah. I mean, if I mean, they say Zion looks better in better shape than when they drafted him. He, uh, he he looks he looks like he looks like a man now. He doesn't look like a Pillsbury. You don't understand though, Jamie. All of us play sports and everything. When you get injured and you're injured, and they tell mm-hmm. you to stay off your feet, uh-huh. obviously you want to take as much care as you possibly can. But like when you're mm-hmm. injured, you can't move. You can't do mm-hmm. things. Like I I heard this on uh, I think uh, the Jalen Rose podcast with Jalen Jacoby, and Jalen was saying that, and he's like, you know, I know everyone's about his weight and everything, but he remember he just got done with a foot surgery. Where mm-hmm. he can't really run or do any cardio, he can do upper body, but even then, like if they're telling him stay off his feet, keep your feet elevated, you know, stay off it. I get you're supposed to be moving in the right direction, but maybe we just caught him at a bad time that he was literally bedridden for like months. He wasn't even on the bench. <laughs> Why would make it? A he team? was not paying attention to what he was eating. Bro. I he agree with that. I agree with that too. Yeah. But I'm saying like it, he made a good point about like when when people are injured, it, it doesn't. I'm not making an excuse for him. I'm just saying, like, ultimately. No, not you, bro. I mean, I mean like, well, on, he's an athlete. He's yeah, an athlete, athlete, but when you're on your trainers feet. at his fingertips. like I get you, but, like, when you can't run, you can't do anything. Underwater treadmills. Yeah. You know, he's therapy. He's got things. Yeah, he's got things. He's got, he's got stuff that does this. He's got things. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's in mine. <laughs> and 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 the show got canceled now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Next topic. So Uncle Mike has a few comments. He says G League is more exciting than preseason NBA. Those guys are trying disagree. to disagree. The quality of play is so low. There's like 19 air balls a game. Disagree. I love it. Okay. <laughs> All preseasons are dumb. Nothing to be excited about. I agree. <laughs> They're necessary. And, except Zion Wilson. What Zion Wilson does. Praise for yeah. Milk Doug playoff beer duo tonight. And of, and of course, because he loves calling people bums. Green is a schmuck. He's riding teammates' coattails. He's a bum. Are you kidding me? This guy's a bum. That's why he's a captain. Only comparison between Draymond Green and Michael Jordan in the punching incident is the number twenty-three. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, punching, trying to punch your teammate could get you fired, but apparently it doesn't take a lot to get you fired anymore. So the question is, with all these firings we've had this year in college football, we want to know, is firing a college football head coach midseason a good idea? Let's begin More with than like two or three games in. Right. Let's start yeah. with Pat. Pat, what do you think? Yes. Okay, oh. why? Elaborate, <laughs> elaborate, please. Yes. Oh, you, oh, you want explanation? I, well, I would like an explanation, why? please, sir. No, why? Yeah, because you fire a coach midseason, you get interim coaching, right? You see how that guy plays out. You want to give him a deal. 
alumni may want to give him another contract. If he sucks the rest of the year against your rivals, no alumni wants to give him a contract, then you start your search. The intern coach could be the idea, the answer, midseason, if he plays the regular or uh, the rest of the season with his uh, uh, in-conference games against his rivals, the alumni will want to keep this guy around. Just like Ryan Day. Yeah, we, we know how this plays out with the money going into these college teams. So so at first, to your point, like I, I, I was like, no, not at all. But it, you would have a good point because, number one, it's not his system. Yeah. He's running. It's not, it's his, not, his, it's not his guys. Yeah. And yeah. if he can win with those two factors, yeah. what what makes you think when he recruits his guys? So yeah. I at first I was like, hell no. Like, what are you talking about? But then like you actually made sense after you're like, we're talking about the rivals. I didn't make sense when I just said yes or the explanation. Yeah, it's not, it's not, why do you say it's not his guys? Whether they either, whether, they, whether the offensive or defensive coordinator stepped up, he would have had to agree with the head coach based on whatever side of the ball he is. Like, yes, that's the guy I want for my system. Correct. Some yeah. of them are his guys. Well, you know? he, he could have a say, but depending you know, on what the no coach one else had, they don't know. Depending I, on I think they have a big say. I mean, you're the one who has to plug this person in your system. So if Saban comes to me and I'm his coordinator and he goes, look, this quarterback is is a wildcat quarterback. Can you work in our system as the backup? And he goes, hell no, coach. You have more of a say than Saban at that point. Saban might love the guy, but he's like, nah, that doesn't work for our system. He trusts, you you he may trusts. pick the one coach in college football. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's definitely. I actually think it's, it's the other way. I think he puts a lot of confidence it, 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 in this it, it, It's yeah. very true because I, I remember a guy from Bonaventure who actually transferred out, and I was talking to him. I was like, who recruited you? He goes, well, my coach that, got, that recruited me actually left the program. And when I le- when I left the program, I kind of lost minutes and stuff like that. But like, it is very true that these head coaches play a lot, put a lot into their assistant coaches, and that's why whoever's writing the assistant coach, that I mean, look at us, like Hopkins, uh, what was it, Bernie Pine? That's when the Syracuse well, teams were good. Basketball is a lot different than football, but it's the a same. But it's the same type of recruitment because look at who it's the same concept though. You got to attract them to your program and and make your you're working your with these guys look every good day. For them, right? the side of the ball. And you're mm-hmm. and I and to Jamie's point, it is how it's done is Saban's gonna trust him and be like, hey, can this guy play in the system? And when the guy looks bad, he's probably he's gonna have to answer to it. Yeah, but the blame will still be on the coach that just Saban. got fired. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. You're right. You're right on that. You as a head coach, you take all that's, the blame. That's just real life. That's, that's just, just real, real life. life. As a CEO of a company. Yeah. The flack if something happened with your and company. That's uh, real life with Sanko Squad. So do you agree with that? Uh, and yeah, keep it Ding. real. No, I don't agree with it. Okay. So I've been pondering with this, this like all day, and like I was first no, first yes. I don't like when they when they there's already rumors in the air that they're gonna get let go of the coach in the beginning of the season, and then two games in you let him go mm-hmm. when you could have already hired the, fired the guy last season, hired a new coach, and him he could have already started recruiting. Yeah. Will Will they take a year setback? Yes. But like Nebraska, Nebraska uh, fired uh, Coach Frost, and it's mm-hmm. like you already wanted him gone last year. Why didn't you just let him go? There was a lot of good coaches. Actually, that was a, that, that would have been the perfect year for them to kind of like look for a new coach. But that's there, was, a, but that's there was a lot of good candidates. Was like it's it takes more than one year to fill a system. Agree. It's yeah. like it's it's the five year rule. Like right. the first three years, he's recruiting you're with someone else's guy. The next two is when you're when you're implementing. Correct. Exactly, and I agree yeah. with that. But it's like. Now you set that program back. 
this year, next year. Now it's like two. But doing the instance of Scott Frost, he had a longer leash because he was like the prodigal son coming back. Correct. Correct. That was a disaster. That that was just a disaster. And look, they let they let that sink ship pretty deep. Yes. But, yeah, you know, like to your before, point, they, before they kick the captain off, so. we'll watch that they're looking at Urban Meyer, maybe. Yeah, like, Jamie, what, what was your point about him? About what they could have, they could have waited <laughs> with with Frost. Yeah, what was your point? Like you doing the finger? Yeah, finger? What I figure with Frost, right, is that it is 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 here's what you've done with him, right? I just think they mismanaged it. I think what you have to do is that I didn't see strategy in that at all. So whether it was a three year plan, a four year plan, a five year plan, you set parameters. If he's way below the expectation after three years and you haven't hit where you want to hit, then at that point you tell him, here's what's going to happen. In year four, there's going to be a hard stop on you as the leader of this program if we don't see ourselves competing in games. And they competed. They won a lot of close games. So I think that may have been what they said. And to me, it was almost like I think he felt the pressure of, okay, how do we get over the hump? And as soon as this season started and they couldn't even get over the hump against a really bad team, I think he lost the locker room right away, right? And that's what you have to look out for him or anything. And my thing was, let, let him go this season, right? Because it's, it's not going to matter. Kids are going to transfer anyway. Whether you find now another new coach comes in, new yeah. coach is not there, then they're, they're disgruntled. They're going to transfer anyway. Let him play out the season. Let him fight. At least give him that shot because he was an alum of the program. I think you treat alums a little bit different. So so I thought they mismanaged it and should have let him go. But here's the thing, right? I'm I'm so in the middle of this myself. Because it depends on whether the coach has lost the locker room. Why waste two months of a kid's value and what he can show as a football player? I think you have to also consider the future of the players as well. Because if a player now is playing in a terrible system and his team's tanking and the offense keeps turning the ball over so he can't show what he's worth to say as a good receiver, then that kid's stock is going down. And I think you are responsible to your players who come to you and say, my goal is to make the NFL are you the right program for me? And when you say yes, kid, and you shake his hand, you need to do everything you can to make sure you're helping that kid's dream come true because that's what you're taking on. You're taking on his dream as well. So, to, you know, to allow to allow someone to just taint that, knowing that they've lost the locker room completely, that's when you know they have to go. But in the case of Wisconsin's coach, I thought that was a terrible firing. The guy has overachieved for four years, and he starts off two and two and you're or two and three and you're panicking i get it the offense looks terrible but he earned his right to finish off the year and for them to say look it's not working out anymore our five years here we're done we're moving on i didn't like how they handled him at all what was, the big, what was his record against the big like the big four or five in, in michigan michigan state ohio state penn state it wasn't good it wasn't great you gotta win I know you have to win those games, but at the same time, Wisconsin competed and they won a conference. Th- like they won, well, they won that. I guess, division, Minnesota, right? Yeah, I guess, I guess, right? Minnesota. It's a very competitive conference. I mean, you're talking about like a contender. There's two contenders now for a national championship, probably for the next two or three years. I think, I think ultimately you have a great, you have great points. But the biggest thing is if you don't win the recruiting battle against Michigan, Michigan State, when you're in the Big Ten, when you, if you're Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, if you're not winning the recruiting battles over them, it's going to be a hard time for you to have a success. It's just like in the SEC. Georgia is now winning the recruiting battle over – not completely. Really? It's kind of like a. it's even now. It's more even than it it's has more, been. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and but bro, Texas A&M had the top class this year, and look at them. They're shit in the bro, bed. 
Texas A&M. I, I, yeah, I get that. And I think this is, I mean, just to go off topic a little bit, this week's game is going to definitely be a, it's going to be a challenge because they, they don't have Bryce Young in at quarterback. What well, Texas A and M doesn't have Max Johnson either, so like both of them. Are, okay, so yeah, what a yeah. shitty game. What a yeah, it's gonna it's be, be it's gonna end right? yeah, of quality. But you know what's crazy about that too? Do you know that the A and M boosters were willing to buy out Jimbo at eighty-four million dollars because that's what's left on his contract? Yeah, because they're like he's Because here's what they have to consider this year: Georgia's better than them, Alabama's better than them, Tennessee's better than them. They're in the top ten. Bob Stoops has Kentucky better than them. Ole Miss is right there in the top ten. So you mean to say you're the sixth best team in the SEC, maybe even the seventh with Texas coming across, and who they who they ran away from, by the way. They didn't want to play Texas anymore because they were tired of losing recruits to them. So so now you're sixth, seventh in the conference, and you're paying your coach $10 million a year. They're not paying you to rebuild. They're paying you to win. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Alumni yeah. run college football. Yep. Run. Run. run it. <laughs> and them Texas alumni boys, they don't play, boy. <laughs> How come? Well, yeah, I mean, that, and, and that's that's the thing is you got to win the recruiting battles. And, and let's be honest, it's going to be hard when Nick Saban's at, at the home of Alabama yeah. to be at the top. And they yeah. have, I mean, Jimbo has been top five for the last two or three years, which makes this even worse. Yeah, because you're you're a top you're you have a top five class, and then and now like you you can't win these games, and you're losing to teams that you shouldn't. So. so Mikey, let me ask you. So you're the AD of a school, right? You're the AD of Notre Dame. Congratulations. Thank you. You're the AD of Notre Dame. The coach you didn't really like left a very successful program, did not lose the games that he shouldn't have lost. Your new coach has already lost a couple of games he shouldn't have lost. Where is your faith in him right now? If it's if it's me as AD, mm -hmm. I have complete faith in him. Okay. Because of some similar things as to what you guys said. First of all, Jamie, it goes, what comes to mind mostly is what you said. Has he lost the locker room? He has the locker room. Mm. He's had the locker room since the moment they announced the hire. Right. Since the moment. Wait, moment wait, which, which, wait, which, which guy? Ross? Marcus Freeman. Oh. Oh. We're talking about Notre Dame. Sorry. Yeah, we're talking about Notre Dame. Um, yeah, no. Since, the, I mean, it's on video the moment the team finds mm. out that he's the head coach or gets introduced to him as head coach. You know, they're all over him. They're swarming him, giving him hugs, high fives, dapping him up. Like he has the locker room. Also, this kind of ties into how I feel about, about this topic, which is that it's very layered. And Marcus Freeman is a good example of the, of the firings that I really don't like and wouldn't do as an athletic director or would do my best not to do as athletic director, which is those first year guys. Yes, he coached the ball game. Yes, he's he was D coordinator all last year. This is his first full season as head coach of Notre Dame. A very prestigious program, you know, a lot to live up to. But like Newt Rockney, all the success Brian Kelly had, Charlie Weiss when he had success there. But it's still his first year. And yes, a lot of the defense might be his guys, but now it's his team. It's a lot of the offense his guys. So I've never understood the guys that get fired either in the middle of or at the end of their first year. How do you know what he can make the program? Yeah. If you don't let him get his guys in, implement his system, the system that he wants to run, because let's face it, as much as you may coach with certain coaches, your system is going to be an amalgamation of all the coaches you've either played for or coached under. 
Yes, he probably took some of Brian Kelly's offense because that's the offense he was dealing with when he got to Notre Dame, but he's probably still got his own plays. Yeah. A lot of it's probably from Ohio State where he played. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's probably from NFL coaches that he played under when he was trying to make it in the NFL. So if I'm the AD of Notre Dame, I'm talking with Freeman saying, hey, I just want you to know this is not where we want to be. These are not the games we're supposed to be losing. What's the plan? But I would want to have that dialogue and that communication with him. Do we have a plan? Like You're not supposed to be losing to Marshall, but I mean, you kind of were supposed to lose to Ohio State. So let's. Well, no, we were supposed to lose Ohio State. It was the one. And you were in that game too, so it's not even like that game is like. Well, you still lost to Marshall. You lost to Marshall, but you lost to Marshall. The only frustrating thing about the Ohio State loss is that they were is that they were there to win. It was like it was their game that they could have won. Ohio State has the, the lowest odds of winning. They're the favorite right now, according to Vegas, to win the well, Mike, You did lose to Marshall. <laughs> I know I lost to Marshall. I just well, here's what we all know, right? Don't Marshall's go around. Let me know when Syracuse gets back to the national championship game. That Two things we know hey, really. Let's go, let's, let's go off our boy Urban Meyer's behavior. Three things not to do. One, don't kick your punter, fart on him, and call him a little bitch. Number two, yeah, don't go to a bar and get really drunk and flirt with somebody who is not even your daughter's age. Number three. Take a sorority girl do this. Number three. Don't hire, don't, don't consult Tibor to be your savior at tight end. I mean, how many bad decisions can you make in your first month as a head? Yeah, that was probably that was probably a fire that should have happened after week one, to be honest. Disaster. Urban Meyer's a fucking but the NFL the NFL is different. The NFL is different than than but no, I, I think I think if if you're in a situation where you've been like you guys said, if you've been at the helm of a program for three four years and you're just in the basement and and it's a and especially if it's a prestigious program it's a program with expectations like a nebraska like a wisconsin like a notre dame you lost to marshall though pat i know we lost to marshall <laughs> i'm pretty sure yeah, it's somewhere down the line lose, lost to marshall the, too. the key thing is like if you lose a recruiting battles you're never gonna have if you're if, right if, if ohio state's getting all the five stars and notre dame's getting all the three right. stars I mean, not saying those three stars are not capable of competing against the five stars because we've man. we've had look at I mean look at all the quarterbacks that, and players that come out of the NFL like Miami of Ohio, you know Fresno State, you know it's it's not like uncommon, but it's false. Cruz came from UMass, Montana, <laughs> right? I mean, North Grand, North Grand, Randy Moss, Randy Moss came from Josh, Marshall. Marshall came from Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Randy Moss came from a lot of schools, bro. <laughs> Notre Dame, well, like, Marshall, it's, it's Florida. Like, I'm not saying it's right. all be all, but if you're going to compete in that conference and you're not winning those battles, it, but I think the biggest thing is Nebraska was like what Alabama was back in the '90s. Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's a certain yeah, expectation were, that comes with being a yeah. Nebraska head coach, right? Yeah. You, them losing like they have been when they joined yeah. the Big Ten is not Nebraska football. No, but I agree with what what you were saying, which is from the opening kickoff or before the opening kickoff, there was rumors they were thinking about getting rid of him. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. Just get rid of him before yep. the season starts. Yep. Yeah, you if you're going to hit the reset button, 
like Pat said, do it. That That's right. You weren't strategic. You weren't strategic. Right. You knew that they lost all those close games, and you want right. to win those games. Get him out of there. He's proven that he cannot get right. you over the hump already. If get you're expecting out. to hit the reset button, just hit it. Yeah. Hit it and give whoever your new coach is a year. A Frost, full year. Possibly back. That's that's the thing. Uh, Scott Frost was really fucking good for UCF. Yeah. Oregon yes. as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. He'll be back. These guys always. Oh, back. he'll get another. These guys always get another job. But yeah, yeah, he'll be on a coordinator at Ohio State or think of Michigan. Paul Pascaloni sucked for Syracuse forever. Gentlemen, get <laughs> up hitting that reset button. Oh yes, I believe it's hitting that reset button. It is time to end Mikey's streak and hit a reset button on our favorite segment. It might be oh, favorite segment. I know it's Pat's favorite segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to stop. Jamie, for those for the uninitiated, for you uninitiated Cinco Squad compadre Dodos, this is the time when we ask each other trivia questions and try to figure out who's gonna be the ranter of the week. We have eliminated anybody being a little P-U-N-K and, and betting one point. So everybody's going to be on the deuce right now for every question. And I'm going to kick this off with Bert because Bert can't stop laughing right now. So, Bert, I mean, John, take it away, buddy. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, John. Oh, yeah. All right. You're Ernie, bro. You're wearing red. You're Ernie. Who's going to be uh, the Me. tower? I got it. I got it. You got it? So all the stew. Yeah. So we're all two, yeah. Terrible. I didn't realize I put it in front of me. Like, what the fuck? Okay, all right. All right. Get it together, Grouch. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, hat came off. It's serious time. All right. In 2019, Lamar Jackson became the second player in NFL history to be named as the unanimous MVP. Who was the first? Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Marshall Falk, or Tom Brady? Marshall Falk. Don't look at me. <laughs> Don't look Sorry. at me. We can't look at each other the same anymore. I'm, go- I'm going through. I'm going through all the files in my brain under NFL MVP. So you say Marshall Falk, Jay? Falk, yeah. Falk, yeah. Falk, yeah. Falk, yeah. Oh fuck yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> Marshall Falk just makes sense. Yeah, if I, Marshall Falk feels right. Yeah. So all three of you say Marshall yeah. Falk. Yeah. yeah. Greatest show on turf. I have successfully stumped the squad. Yes. No. Is it Aaron Rodgers? It's Peyton, isn't it? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. So it is Tom Brady. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Brady. Okay. Peyton was my runner-up. All right. What year? John, what year? He just looked this up. I literally looked it up before. All right, who's next? 2010. I'm sorry. Well, Pat's already on the screen, so. Oh, that's when he threw for like 53 touchdowns? Yeah. That yeah, he threw, no, 36 and, yeah, 43 total. With yeah. Money. He ran for seven. <laughs> yeah. Now you want me up? Yes. You're already on screen. All right. Which one of these things existed the last time the Mariners made the playoffs in 2001? Oh, I remember this list. 
It's a little bit different list. It is a little bit of a different list, but a lot of things were invented in the last 20 years. That's true. Michael. Um <laughs> use my government name. <laughs> Michael right. Secretly 21. A Marshall beat Notre Dame. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. This is a bad All right. A YouTube. B camera phones. C Blu-ray discs or D a Nintendo Wii. So what was it? Okay, I know two of them it's not. Which one of these things existed the last time the Mariners made the playoffs in 2001? YouTube, camera phone, Blu-ray discs, Nintendo Wii. Not Wii. No, no Wii. I mean we did. Wii Wii. Last time the Mariners what? Uh, last time the Mariners made the playoffs. So in 2001, which one of yeah. those actually existed in 2001? Yeah, and there's the early 2000s. 2001, YouTube, YouTube, camera phones, Blu-ray discs, or a Nintendo Wii? I'm going to say Blu-ray. I'm going to say camera phones. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Not YouTube. (laughs) YouTube? No, not YouTube. Not YouTube. The camera phone, the flip phone, so I know for sure not then because you weren't taking pictures on the camera. And Blu-ray, and what's the other one? Blu-ray and what? Nintendo Wii. Man, I know I, I know that it wasn't I, – I had a Dreamcast back then. There's no Nintendo Wii, so I'll go with Blu-ray. I love a Dreamcast. Yeah, it's not, you, it's not YouTube, but it's not Wii, I know that. Yeah. What is it? Boy, I got the answer. Well, what, what, what did you pick? Blu-ray. So I picked Blu-ray. He picked Blu-ray. Mike picked camera phone. Camera phone. Okay. I have successfully stomped John and Jamie. Damn it. Mike is in the lead again. Damn yes, it. Uncle Mike. Yes, Zach no, Mike, Mike and John are tied because John's – oh, no, John's at minus two. Mike's at zero. We're at minus. You're at minus two. I'm at minus four. Damn it. Give it to me. I don't even have a rant. All right, update. John at minus two. Mike, Mike is at zero. Pat is at minus two, and Grandpa Jay's at minus four. All right, Jay, who's up? Pat just asked the question. Oh, who's up? Mike. Okay. This That is I. No, now he's over here. <laughs> yes, now I'm over here. All right, so going back a little bit to our college football talk, upon his firing, Scott Frost tied for the earliest in-season firing <clears throat> in the last decade. Who did he tie? Charlie Weiss at Kansas in 2014. Les Miles at LSU in 2016. Jim McElwain at Florida in 2017. Or Clay Helton at USC in 2021. I can repeat if needed. He's at Jim McElwain? Who's the Georgia one? No, 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 I didn't say Georgia. Oh, I, say Georgia. I was going to go with. <laughs> he said Charlie Weiss at Kansas. He said. Les Miles at LSU. Les Miles at LSU. Jim McElwain at um, Florida. 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 Okay. Or Clay Helton at USC. Man, like all of them sound really. Yeah. Weird. I'm going to say Clay Helton. I don't want to pick your answer. 
Less miles. You agree with Uncle Mike? I think it's less miles, but it's. Uh, and and the, in the words of the famous Les Miles telling the story, like you want me, you know what? You're gonna fire me and pay me. I'll go with Les Miles too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Pat, Pat, Jamie, and Uncle Mike say Les Miles. Yeah. John, you're sticking with Clay Hilton. Yeah, I'll say that. Okay, I have successfully stumped. I like how this leads in. Jamie, Pat, and Uncle Mike. Yeah. It was yeah. Clay Helton in 2021. <laughs> yeah, it was three games too, right? Three oh games. Two. Was he three games? Two. two. Mm. Right. Had a feeling. Wow, that guy sucks. <laughs> All right, so John and Mike are tied at zero. Pat and I are bottom feeding at minus one, minus six. So this is between John. You got to end the streak. I have a feeling that you guys might get this, so I do have a tiebreaker prepared. So... All right. Which one of these baseball players did not win MVP after leading the MLB in the single season home run chase? Was it Roger Maris in 61, Barry Bonds in 2001, Mark McGuire in 98, or Miguel Cabrera in 2012? I know the answer. Which one of these players did not win MVP after leading the MLB? In the home run chase for that particular season, Maris in '61, Bonds in 2001, Maguire in '98, or Miguel Cabrera in 2012. Say the list again. M- Mickey. Roger Maris in '61, Barry Bonds in 2001, Mark Maguire in '98, Miguel Cabrera in 2012. Uh, since I got no horse in the race, I'll go Roger Maris. Roger. Yeah, I want to say Maris because I don't think I think Mickey won the MVP that year because he had such a good. Get a good statistical year, but statistical statistical year. The answer is titillating. Titillating. He knows the answer, so I have to get. I do know. And I think we just talked about. I think you and I just talked about this earlier today. About no, that was me and Trey. All right, so Pat, Roger, John, what are you? I think it's Maguire. John's Maguire. Mikey? Overthinking. Are you taking Maguire or you're thinking it's him? What are you saying? You? Did he freeze? No, no I'm here. I'm waiting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your final answer? Um, <laughs> my go. No, you. Mike already knows. It's Barry Bonds. You said three fucking Who are you taking? Barry Bonds? Yeah, I just said that. All right. You're taking Barry Bonds? Yeah. We did not talk about him at all in that whole. Mike? <laughs> it's Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa won the MVP in 98. God damn it, John. You let him win again. God damn it. I've successfully stopped you know, everybody but Mike DeSantis. We're doing yeah, a tiebreaker. Screw that. Jamie, Jamie, no, we're doing a tiebreaker. Screw that. You can't give a baseball like that quote to have a question to Mike. We're doing a tiebreaker. But you might, you made me go last, and you should have known that, bro. Come on. Yeah, I just I, no because like, Sosa, Sosa had him in average and RBI. Sosa had him in everything. No, I, I knew that except for home runs. runs. That was a sixty-six to seventy yeah. year. So, although I, I will say this, you did make me doubt it for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, did Mickey win the sixty-one MVP? I'm like, yeah. no, Maris did. No, Maris did. Don't say right, don't so have. Here, I'll throw this out. I bet yeah. you. I bet you Mike knows this one too. How many times did Babe Ruth win the? Uh, what? How many times did Babe Ruth lead the MLB in home runs in his career? Um. Yeah, make them work for it. Make them work for it. <laughs> um, 
Well, I know he was the all-time leader after like eight seasons. <laughs> um, for some reason, the number 13 comes to mind. It's 10 in 12 years. By prices right now. So I, I was actually just talking to Terry about this. Like we we're just talking about like the, the, the home run race. And he's like, Yeah, McGuire. He literally said this earlier. Now I remember. Like he literally said, like, oh yeah, I remember McGuire ninety eight with Sosa winning it. Because we were looking up stats. And I was like, I can't believe I picked bombs. I'm disappointed in you, bro. Yeah, me too. Go ahead, Mike. I don't want to hear your rank. I'm like, actually, let me get on my phone. What's it, seven or eight? What do you got at? Seven in a row? Seven. God damn it. You gave him a baseball, easy baseball question, bro. You got to give him something complicated. Well, it was, it was easy, so you should have got it right. This <laughs> was the day that he hit it, like day of the week or something. Uh, it was a Thursday. It was not. Shut up. He hit it at about like 7.27 p.m. Yeah, right? shut up, Mike. <laughs> All right, so for my seventh consecutive. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eight, eight, technically eighth because we had that time when we all tied and and we all did a rant. But for my seventh solo, Garrett got the McGuire answer for. Um, for my seventh solo, I will take the time to talk about the trip that John and I just had to Yankee Stadium because it was so amazing. It was super cool. Um, it was the first time I've ever been to the new Yankee Stadium. And it was amazing. We had awesome seats. Could see the whole field of play. We got to go into Monument Park. We had like an hour-long conversation during a rain delay with one of the tour guides that was working in Monument Park. It was super fun. And for any uh, Yankee fans out there that are thinking about going to the stadium, going to a game, you should absolutely go because it's a great time. Anybody should go to an MLB game. Yes. Those are seats. Those are our seats. It, they were phenomenal, and I'd like to take oh, yeah. a moment on camera to thank John for uh, going on me on that trip and coming up with the idea for that trip because it you was awesome. Forced, he forced you. It's okay. <laughs> Literally um, blue, and I drove his car there. Get your ass in the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What everybody thought I sat, I sat in the passenger seat. I really was in the trunk. Uh, a very spacious trunk on the on the Toyota Camry, though. What a trunk. But uh, no, it, it was a great time. New York City is a, is a great city. I got to see MSG, got to see Yankee Stadium. So I can't thank John enough for it. I can't thank the Yankees enough for having a phenomenal game for us to go to, even though Judge didn't set the record. Eight nothing win. Nestor threw seven and a third with 13 strikeouts. It was awesome. So yeah, just wanted to talk about that real quick uh, before we signed off because it was one of the cooler games I've ever been to. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got one thing I want to just brought, brought up that we didn't get to bring up last week. Hmm. It's like uh, everyone here at Sigma Squad has seen like the hurricane. I've been, I'm, I oh, yeah. here, so yeah. I want to give our thoughts and prayers to everyone that has lost a business, lost life, uh, lost anything uh, to that hurricane. It was absolutely the you know catastrophic. Yeah. And, you know, my my mom had to go through for her first her first hurricane in Fort Myers. Thank God, everything she's good and everything, but. Uh, if you look at if you look at the uh, the pier, the pier is that I I took pictures with my nieces and my sister, and my mom and dad on. It, it's completely gone. All the restaurant we went to gone. You know that whole strip is just absolutely demolished. And you know my th our thoughts are with everybody in Fort Myers, Florida, everywhere uh, that had to suffer through this. And 
Jamie and I have known living there. It's yeah. something that's just part of living there. But, you know, we're thankful that we have the resources to go places and stuff like that and uh, and whatnot. And shout out yeah. to the Delta Airlines, too, for always, like, being so communicative to me as well because, like, they were constantly calling me and making sure the flight was on time, everything like that and, and whatnot. So just want to yeah. give a shout out for that. It, it, it's Absolutely. A, it's- it's still a full rescue Thank effort you. right now, sadly, because the first week was focused on saving the people they could save. This week's focused on retrieving people. And I know someone personally who a work colleague just walked out of work two days ago and said that his two of his family members are found. And I mean, I can't imagine getting that call. So yeah. there's going to be a lot of families getting that call. So, you know, send in love in any way possible and, and, and you know, praying that they can find a way through this because it it's it's just so sad that some people went south because it was supposed to hit tampa and took their elderlies into the hurricane because you just don't know that it's going to turn right and the safest thing to do is always move away from the coast it's that you can handle flooding you can handle flooding inland you might survive that you're not going to survive the wrath of a hurricane on the coast and people always say it's like you know why'd you move down there for that and it's ultimately you know, it comes with the land, but Jamie's absolutely right. The more inland you are, because as a hurricane gets on land, it does die. And mm-hmm. ultimately, they give you enough warning. If you're really that uncomfortable, grab as much as you can, put it in your car, and go. go. Like, go, go up north. Go. And and that's what I kept telling my, my mom, and, and thank God she's okay, and every everything's okay with them. Um, I know everybody was worried. I was kind of like their point of contact through the family, so... Um, but yeah, uh, you know, definitely, it's definitely sad to see. I'm sorry to hear about your coworkers, family, and their mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, that's that's one thing we forgot to. As I stupidly, accidentally turned off our show last week, and we were we were supposed to uh, sign off with that, but I wanted to make sure we got that in before the end of the show. No, no, thank you for making sure we got that in because yeah, our love and support with with everybody that was affected and your families, and and we just hope. That eventually all will all will be able to heal down there and they'll be able to get this, some sense of normalcy. Yeah, like we're, yeah, we're, we're going to reach out to certain teams and try and get them into our pool eventually and see what we could do to help. You know, definitely at least That's get awesome. some normalcy with them. And and so we have some plans to help out with some of the clubs down there. And they will oh. be the same for a long time. So I'll give some updates on the show about that too as we go along. But guys, Please we're do. almost to thirty, right? This was twenty eight. It was 28. We're almost yes, at 30. Sir. That's my special number. I was hoping to win tonight. I thought 28 is my number. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Don't worry. Maybe maybe we'll get next week. We got to defeat Mike next week. Yes. I'll be back I, in my natural habitat. Train for it. Got to train for it. Hey, guys, no, who but, are you taking this weekend? Bama or AM? We got Bama. Taking this. I think, I think they're going to cut through this right, too. I think it's yeah. Like 44. Bama. 24 points, I think. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So. It's a safe bet. I, I promise you it's a safe bet. <laughs> You're going to take it. All right. I'm going to buy 240. I'm yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. No bears. Well, that, that'll do it, I think, guys, for this week's show. Any final uh, closing words, anybody for the fans out there? Go Birds. Go, Go Birds. Go Yankees. Go Giants. Goodbye. Thank you all for watching. We appreciate it. We love you all. We support you all. And we will see you next week. (laughs) Goodbye.